This is the true joy in life, being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one. George Bernard Shaw. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran. Welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. Today, we're talking with Dr. Tom O'Brien. He is absolutely one of my favorite people. I've known him for many years, and he truly is a doctor's doctor. He teaches doctors, and he cares so much about doing that because his greater passion in life is to help a larger community than he can help one-on-one. So he does that by teaching others, which is a noble cause. And I ask all my guests before we do their interview, if they have any quotes that they live by or really love that express their life philosophy or that they rely on that I can share with my audience. And that's what I shared with you a little bit of in the teaser. So I wasn't surprised that this was the quote he immediately picked out from George Bernard Shaw to share his philosophy on life. So I want to share the whole quote with you because it really is what Dr. Tom is all about. And I think that it's what we all should be about in terms of getting our health to a place where it can serve us in bringing our gifts to life. So here we go. This is the true joy in life being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community, and as long as I live, it is my privilege, my privilege to do it for whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die, for the harder I work, the more I love. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch, which I've got a hold of for the moment, and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. George Bernard Shaw. I love that. It's why I do what I do. It's why Dr. Tom does what he does. And it's our intention that we're going to help you create brilliant health that will fuel you in bringing your gifts to the world. Because if you don't feel good, can you bring your gifts? No, you can't. So that's why you're here, because you want the information that you need. You know you're not getting it in your doctor's office. And we're going to over-deliver today. I'd love to hear at the end. If you feel like we over-delivered, I'd love to hear those comments. So we're going to be talking about autoimmunity today. And if you get nothing else from this episode, I want you to listen very closely to understand why we're having such an exorbitant amount of autoimmune problems in this day and age and why we didn't have it 100, 200, 500 years ago. What's going on in your daily life that you're not even aware of that is causing you and predisposing you to having autoimmune dysfunction, which is a huge problem because if your immune system is jacked up, then your risk for all kinds of diseases is increased, including cancer, which is going to affect one in two of us in our lifetime. So I don't want that to be you. I don't want you to get an autoimmune disease. And if you have one, I want you to heal. So the drugs you're going to get in your doctor's office that are going to quote unquote, treat you for this or just going to shut your immune system down. Well, you don't want that because it doesn't fix the problem. 
and it creates a whole host of other issues. So I hope you will join me for listening to this edition with Dr. Tom O'Brien. You are going to love him. He's an amazing, highly intelligent man who has a level of understanding that most doctors don't have about why autoimmunity occurs, why brain dysfunction occurs and dementia, and what to do about it to prevent it and treat the root cause so the people with these problems already can actually reverse the conditions and live optimal health. So I'll tell you a little bit about Tom and then we'll get started. Known as the doctor at thedr.com, Dr. Tom O'Brien is considered the Sherlock Holmes of chronic disease. He teaches that addressing the underlying mechanisms of immune system activation is the map to better health and has taught thousands of practitioners as a faculty member of the Institute for Functional Medicine and the National University of Health Sciences. His award-winning and best-selling books, You Can Fix Your Brain and The Autoimmune Fix, detail essential understandings of why disease occurs and how to heal it naturally, making this type of innovative and progressive healing available to humans everywhere. He is the creator of the docu-series called Betrayal, the autoimmune disease solution they're not telling you. It's an investigation into why our immune system designed to protect us begins attacking our own tissue, which is called autoimmunity. Currently, over a half a million people worldwide have watched the docu-series When it comes to getting healthy, Dr. Tom O'Brien's goal for you is making it easy to do the right thing. As an internationally recognized, admired, and compassionate speaker, focusing on food sensitivities, environmental toxins, and the development of autoimmune diseases, Dr. Tom's audiences discover that it is through a clear understanding of how you got to where you are now that you and your doctor can figure out what it will take to get you well. Welcome, Dr. Tom. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. So many things that we could talk about. You have been prolific when it comes to educating the public on the truth about chronic disease, the truth about autoimmunity, the truth about gluten and gluten issues, and the truth about healing your brain. So I'd like to start just by talking a little bit about the chronic disease issue that we're having, six in 10 Americans. Americans have chronic disease and four in 10 have two or more. And it is the leading expense in our annual health care costs of $3.5 trillion. Two thirds of that health care cost goes to treat chronic disease. So why is chronic disease such an issue that we can't seem to solve in healthcare right now? Well, that's really a good question. And just the question itself, the answer is in the question that as you were quoting those statistics, which are really important, my brain was going, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so our listeners hear that all the time and they just turn off to it. They turn off to one in two have diabetes or pre-diabetes and one in three Elders that die, die with Alzheimer's or another dementia. They just turn off. It doesn't do anything for people anymore. My experience, because, you know, I do those quotes all the time and they're just so jaw-dropping. It's never been heard of before in history. And so what we have to do, your, your question as to why this is happening, it's happening for one primary reason and one primary reason alone. There are other reasons, of course, but not primary. The primary reason why degenerative diseases, and that's diabetes and Alzheimer's and heart disease, your pipes plugging up, and arthritis and multiple sclerosis and psoriasis, they're all degenerative diseases. And the primary reason why all of these degenerative diseases are more than ever before in history is because our immune systems are trying to protect us. And so they get activated to protect us. And there's collateral damage when they're having to work all the time. And then you get joint damage and you get rheumatoid. Or then you get skin damage and you get psoriasis. That our immune systems, your immune system is the armed forces in your body. 
it's there to protect you. There's an army, an air force, a Marines, a Coast Guard, a Navy. We call them IGA, IGG, IGE, IGM. They're all there to protect you. So the question when you have an activated immune system causing inflammation, and every degenerative disease is a disease of inflammation at the cellular level, the question is, what is your immune system trying to protect you from? And that's what we don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that my ding-dongs are a problem or my Coca-Cola is a problem. I don't want to hear that wheat is a problem. I don't want to hear that my cookies are a problem because we get so locked up into comfort because the whole world is so overwhelming for us like never before in history. We want comfort. We want comfort food. We don't want to think about stress. We don't want to deal with stress. So that's a long, complicated answer to your question. And that's really PhD level answer. But that's the reason is that our immune systems are trying to protect us from the environment that we're living in. I think it's a great answer. And I agree that people have become numb to these statistics and they've really become so commonplace and accepted that this is reality and this is what we have to deal with. But I love how you put it in perspective that it's the role of our environment that we're living in, the toxins that we're coming in contact with, and it's our immune system that then is being activated and causing these problems. And you talk a lot about autoimmunity and how it affects brain function, particularly in your newest book. So I'd love to touch on how our environment is triggering autoimmunity and that's affecting our brain function so that we actually have a broken brain. Sure, of course, thank you. Uh, the name of the book is You Can Fix Your Brain. And it's number one in seven categories on Amazon for brain and nervous system function, seven different categories, because the information is so relevant. And you read it, you go, what? What? I didn't know that. So in the current pandemic that we have, and we've gone through and we're still going through to some degree, this virus that we're exposed to, the vast majority of people who are exposed to the virus never knew they were exposed to the virus. They never knew because they didn't get sick. And if they get a blood test done and it shows that they've got antibodies to COVID, what it means is you were exposed, your immune system did its job, and now you're making antibodies so you've got some immunity for the future. But most people, the vast majority of people won't get sick. Some people, and we don't know the number yet, what percent it is, but some people will get sick. They'll get a sore throat. They'll get um, a little coughing or wheezing. They get a little fever for a couple days, usually five to seven days after being exposed to the virus. And that'll last for a couple, three days, maybe a week, and then they're fine. And they say, oh, great, I beat that one. Well, but for those people, you need to understand your immune system wasn't strong enough to take care of this thing. And you had to call up some reserves. You had to get a fever to burn the thing out, which is good that you did. And congratulations. But you need to understand your immune system's not working up to par if you got any sick from this virus. And then those people that get a little sick, about 20% of them, that number we know, about 20% have to go to the hospital. And those people, because their, their immune systems are just falling down on the job and they can't get the job done at all. And they need help. And we know that if you go to the hospital, if you're put on a respirator, some studies show 50% of those people don't make it if they're put on a respirator. Some studies show 35, 40%, but a number of those people just don't make it. And that's really too bad. And you know, it's a problem, it's a problem. But I tell you all of that because scientists are really clear about this ex viral exposure that we've had recently, that the only reason anyone gets any symptoms whatsoever, the only reason is if your immune system can't get the job done and protect you. That's the only reason. So for those people that didn't get sick and they did the blood test and they've got immunity now, they've got antibodies, high five to you, your immune system's working pretty well. But for those people that got even a little sick, your immune system's not working up to par. Why do I tell you all that? Because 
In talking about the brain and things that aggravate the brain, there's 246 studies, last time I checked, 246 studies correlating herpes infections and Alzheimer's. That when Alzheimer's patients pass and they do an autopsy and they look at the plaque in the brain, it's loaded with antibodies to herpes, which means any people, anyone that gets cold sores every once in a while, those little herpes cold sores, herpes simplex one, you're making antibodies, but you're, you're not making enough to put, keep this thing under control. And the virus expands every once in a while and you get some symptoms for a week to two weeks. But that means under the surface, you likely have a lot of IgM antibodies trying to keep this thing in check and they're damaging your brain. And you can't feel when they're damaging your brain. That's just one example about a virus. And you don't feel when a virus is multiplying in your body until you cross a threshold and you can't keep it in check at all. Then you get cold sores for a few days. And most people are lucky enough in a week to two weeks, the cold sores are gone. But some people are not that lucky and they've got cold sores most of the time. Absolutely, without question, those people are in danger of being one of the three when they're elders that dies with dementia. So I'm starting with herpes as an example. Another example is food sensitivities. Just go to Google and type in casein, C-A-S-E-I-N, which is one of the proteins in milk, type in casein and sudden infant death syndrome. And you go, what? Just read the studies. Some people who are sensitive to dairy, or if mom is breastfeeding and mom is sensitive to dairy, some people put babies at risk, whether they're giving them cow's milk or breast milk, and mom has a sensitivity to dairy and mom's eating dairy, that it's the foreign molecules that get into the brain that aren't supposed to be there that trigger the inflammation that causes our brain dysfunction diseases. And those molecules are not just herpes virus or casein and dairy. Many studies show that wheat is a problem for many, many people. Mold, if you live in a house with mold, you got a problem and you're breathing mold 24 seven, you got a problem. And that's why it's so important to read the book, You Can Fix Your Brain, and learn about all of these minor exposures. I'll give you another one. They did a study of 346 pregnant women in Chicago, and they collected the urine in the eighth month of pregnancy. And they measured the urine for a family of chemicals called phthalates. Phthalates are chemicals used to mold plastic. And what most people don't know is that plastic, anytime you're around plastic, those phthalates leach out of the plastic, like the plastic blinds on your windows. Phthalates from the plastic blinds leach into the air, and they're in the house dust, and you're breathing the house dust. The phthalates in nail polish get into your bloodstream in three to five minutes. The phthalates in plastic storage containers for leftover food. You store leftover chicken in a Tupperware container, the next day, you put in the refrigerator, the next day, the chicken's got phthalates in it. Now there's no question, there are no studies ever that have shown the amount of phthalates that leach into your food from plastic storage containers or the amount of phthalates that you breathe in from the dust in the air from plastic in your house or the amount of phthalates and nail polish that get into your bloodstream. There is no study anywhere that says that's dangerous to humans. And I completely agree. And that's how the industry gets away with this crap. But what happens is that you accumulate this stuff in your body and you accumulate it from 25 years of putting nail polish on or 25 years of getting coffee to go and the plastic storage, the plastic lid on the coffee cup. You know, the steam from the coffee goes up to the underside of the lid, condenses, drips back down into the coffee full of phthalates, specifically bisphenol A. And you put the coffee cup up to your lips and the hot liquid hits the underside of the lid and tapers down into the opening full of bisphenol A. 
And this stuff accumulates over 20 years, 30 years. So they did the study in Chicago of 346 pregnant women to see how much phthalates do they have in their urine. And you know, pregnant women, ages 25 to 35, maybe somewhere around there, maybe a little earlier, I didn't look at the age bracket, but likely something like that. And they categorize the amount of phthalates in the urine to four categories, the lowest, the next lowest, the third, and the highest. And then they followed the children of these, the offspring of these pregnancies. And when each of these kids turned seven years old, so seven years later, they measured these kids' IQs. It's called the Wechsler IQ. It's the official IQ test. And there's not much in medicine that's all or every. This was every. Every child whose mother was in the highest quartile of phthalates in urine in pregnancy compared to the children whose mothers were in the lowest quartile, every child in the highest quartile, their IQ was 6.7 to 7.6 points lower than the other kids. Now, that doesn't mean anything to anybody. Just like we said at the very beginning, these statistics don't mean anything to anybody until you realize that a one-point difference in IQ is noticeable. A seven-point difference is the difference between a kid working really hard, getting straight A's, and a kid working really hard, getting straight C's. That kid doesn't have a chance in hell of doing great in school because their brain never developed properly. So just go to Google and type in phthalates, P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S, phthalates and neurogeneration, meaning nerve growth. Here come the studies how phthalates inhibit nerve growth and brain growth. So mom in pregnancy who had the highest levels of phthalates in that fourth of the group with the highest level of phthalates, every one of their kids had lower IQs because phthalates inhibit neurogeneration. That's the kind of stuff that we're up against is all of the toxins that we're exposed to. And it's so overwhelming a topic, people get immobilized and they don't know what to do because there's too much. So what do you do? In the subtitle of my book, You Can Fix Your Brain, if you look at the cover on Amazon, the subtitle is Just One Hour a Week to the Best Memory, Productivity, and Sleep You've Ever Had. And it's not a cutesy subtitle. It's the path to success. What do I mean by that? Mrs. Patient, every Tuesday night after dinner or every Sunday morning after services, whenever you want, but you pick an hour and every week you're going to allocate one hour, just one hour a week, to learning a little more of how to clean up your environment. That means your foods, your cosmetics, your air, your home, get rid of plastic wrap, get rid of aluminum foil, and you're gonna go back to my book and you're gonna look up the plastic storage containers and see the three websites that I tell you to go to for glass storage containers. So you'll go to mileskimble.com and you go to Amazon and you go to the third one that I don't remember right now, and you say, oh, I really like those, and you order three round ones and two square ones and one for the pies and you pay with your credit card and you hit send and you're done. It took you an hour, but you're done for the week. But never again will you poison your family with plastic storage containers leaching phthalates into their food. Never again. Give the Tupperware container to your husband to store nails in the garage. Great. We'll be right back after a short break. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran, and I have an invitation for you. I know you love the podcast because you're all about Her Brilliant Health Revolution, but did you know that I also have a YouTube channel where you'll learn Her Brilliant Health secrets, things you won't find in your doctor's office. There, I'll share videos with you each week talking about a different tool that you can use to heal, lose weight, increase your energy, and move your health in the right direction towards the brilliant health that you deserve. 
find me at youtube.com forward slash Kieran Dunstan, MD. That's K-Y-R-I-N-D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D. I'll see you there. Welcome back. This is a lot of sobering information, I think, for everyone listening. And you've covered a lot of detailed topics. And I think that, yes, we as a society don't realize that by getting our nails polished every week, which I did for mm, a couple decades until I learned the truth, we don't realize that we're poisoning ourselves because the studies haven't been done, won't be done, because industry is making billions of dollars off of these chemicals in various industries, and they really form the backbone of our financial culture and economy to a great degree. So I love that in your book, you're very practical about helping people know this is what you need to do to protect yourself. I think everybody is very aware of the problem, but they don't know what to do. So can you talk about, in addition to the glass storage containers and switching out from the plastic, what are some other tools that you offer? I know we can't go through all of them. Definitely people need to get the book and follow what you offer in there. But what would be some other tips? Leave your shoes outside when you come in the house. You walk home and you walk past your neighbor's house on the sidewalk and go up your driveway or up your walkway, and your neighbor sprayed a sidewalk yesterday with Roundup to kill the dandelions in between the blocks of concrete. Now you got Roundup on your on your shoes. You walk in the house with Roundup, and you're walking on the carpet. Now there's Roundup on the carpet, and you're nine-month-old babies crawling around on the carpet or your teenage daughter is laying on the floor doing her homework in front of the television. Now they've got Roundup on their legs and their arms and they're getting exposed to Roundup. So you leave your shoes at the door and you have slippers at the door waiting for you. Why? It's no Japanese Zen thing. It's keep your house clean and you have your house checked for mold because so many homes have had problems with water leakage, and you know we think that if we get a dehumidifier in there and we big fans to blow up and dry the carpet that we're okay. No, we're often not. The underside of the carpet or the matting and molds growing in there or the drywall on the underside of the drywall, the backside, black molds growing in there. And you can't smell the stuff. Mrs. Patient, if you go on vacation, when you come home, do you have to open all the windows to air the house out? Oh, yeah. Well, you, you got mold. and But people don't know it's a problem because it doesn't make them sick that day until they cross a threshold and they can't handle it anymore. Just go to Google and type in mold and Alzheimer's and see what you find. From years of having minor amount of this crud that you're breathing every day. Or we've got in your shower, we've got... Uh, the shower curtains often are a little moldy. Oh, that's not too bad. No, it's bad. It's bad. You can't have any of that crap that you're stuck in that environment with. And, and you have to get filters on your showers, chlorine shower filters. They cost about 50 bucks so that you don't get so much exposure to chlorine because chlorine toxicity, you can't tell. And But the result of too much chlorine is it inhibits your thyroid function. And what happens when you have sluggish thyroid? You gain weight. You can't lose weight even if you don't eat for a few days. You have a hard time getting out of bed. You know, you hit the snooze three, four times. You feel sluggish during the day, maybe a little depression once in a while. And you can't get rid of that last 10 pounds no matter what you do. And that often is because of a thyroid that's not functioning very well. So uh, Mrs. Patient, if you're in an elevator in a hotel and the elevator doors open, can you tell the swimming pools on that floor right away? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can smell it. You're sensitive to chlorine. Everyone in the elevator can't smell that. You can because likely you're sensitive to chlorine. So get chlorine shower filters. I mean, there are so many tips in the book. But it's overwhelming to hear all this stuff. I'm not going to tell you anymore because it's too overwhelming. And you've got to do one thing a week. That's it. Because everybody can do that. Everybody can allocate an hour a week. And in six months, 
you've changed your life. You really have changed your life. Yes, and so you do need to take a stepwise approach, a very intentional approach, a little bit at a time, and transform the products you're using in your home, your cleaning products, your toiletries, your makeup, your furnishings, just start changing these aspects of your life and you'll notice your health improving. Can you mentioned viruses earlier. Can you help everyone understand how these toxins, viruses included in that activate the immune system that it actually affects your brain. I think a lot of people think of the brain as this machine that kind of is behind this iron curtain and untouchable and handles everything in the body and organizes conscious and unconscious functions and really is a very strong part of the body that's protected and not necessarily affected by the immune system. Can you talk about how autoimmunity develops from toxicity and how it affects the brain. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And you're absolutely right. Everybody thinks of the brain having an iron curtain around it. It's called the blood-brain barrier. But unfortunately, with all of these toxins we're exposed to, there's lots of tunnels going under the iron curtain. And these tunnels, all these molecules get into the brain that aren't supposed to get into the brain. You've heard of leaky gut. Well, you also get a leaky brain. And unfortunately, anyone and everyone that has brain symptoms from brain fog to depression to anxiety, those symptoms are triggered if there's no trauma, head trauma, there, uh, you hit your head or you fell down or something, if there's no trauma, those symptoms are triggered by inflammation in the brain. And inflammation in the brain is always, every single time, from one mechanism, your immune system trying to protect you, always. When you read the studies, and most doctors don't think of it this way, but any brain dysfunction, if it's not from trauma, is due to inflammation and then all the side effects of the collateral damage from the inflammation. So the question is, what is my immune system trying to protect me from? And as doctors start studying this and learning about it, what they realize is that there's tunnels under the Iron Curtain. And uh, those tunnels, are, it's called the geek term, is a breach of the blood-brain barrier. And I call it B4, capital B number four. Or another term for it is leaky brain. If you got a leaky gut, you've got, you got a leaky brain. Because the protective molecules, the protective structure of the gut that gets damaged causing a leaky gut but it's the same structure in the blood-brain barrier. So if you've got damage to zonulin function, sorry for the geek word, but zonulin also functions in your blood-brain barrier. And if you've got antibodies to actin or myosin that cause leaky gut, those same antibodies attack the actin and myosin in the blood-brain barrier. So you get a leaky brain and it all comes back to the same thing. It's so repetitive. And people saying, oh, Doc, that makes a lot of sense, but what pill can I take to fix this? There's no pill to fix this. You have to reduce the amount of the environmental poisons that are getting into your body. The most common source is what's on the end of your fork. You have to get the bad guys out and put the good guys in. The good guys going in are called flavonoids and polyphenols, and that's those are categories of good chemicals that you find in fruits and vegetables. So what do you do? You eat a rainbow diet, meaning lots of colors of the rainbow every single day. And the deeper the color, the more polyphenols and flavonoids in the food. And those are the things that protect your leaky brain, protect your leaky gut, protect your cells so this coronavirus can't get inside the cell to reproduce. The higher the polyphenol content, the less likely these viruses can get inside your cells. And they can't reproduce if you're, they're in your bloodstream. They've got to get inside a cell and take over and tap the energy inside a cell. But the way you prevent them from getting inside the cell is by having higher concentrations of polyphenols and flavonoids. So that means eat raspberry, red raspberries, 
blueberries, purple cabbage, red tomatoes. The deeper the color, the more powerful the nutrients in the food to protect you. I love that. The deeper the color, the more powerful the food. And so what would other activities that people could do? Get rid of the toxins, watch what's on the end of your fork, eat lots of polyphenols. Can you have optimal brain function without taking nutritional supplements in this day and age? No, unfortunately not. And the reason for that You know, we're all built like our ancestors thousands of years ago. We have the same kidneys. We have the same gallbladder. We have the same big toes. You know, our bodies function the same. There's been very, very little change in thousands of years to Homo sapiens, the human being. Very, very little change. And our ancestors were designed to live really mellow lives you know, live in tropical climates. They, they, they don't have fur to keep them warm in the winter. And what did they do? Well, they hunted animals and took the fur of the animal to keep them warm, right? But we're designed to have very mellow lives, to eat nothing but organic food. That's all there was until the early 1900s. That's all there was. Eat organic foods, the variety of food, whatever grows is what you eat. And we're supposed to have very little stress. Our ancestors only had to activate their stress response to fight saber-toothed tigers. Because when they couldn't find food for a day or two, the body has a backup mechanism that stimulates the production of new cells, young cells, to keep you going. That's why fasting mimicking diets work so well, is because you you turn on the life-saving mechanisms stimulating stem cells to make new cells. So when you don't eat, if you follow even the 816, meaning eat all your food within eight hours a day, and you, and you have beverages all day long, you know, have water all day, have a little coffee in the morning is fine for most people, but all of your food is in, within an eight-hour window. You do that for a couple of weeks, all of a sudden you notice your belt's a notch tighter. You know, you're, you're, you're having to pull that belt in more because you, you've lost an inch off your waist and you're eating the same amount of food. And if you go 16 hours out eating, you're pretty hungry, you know? And so you eat even a little more for your brunch, but your life-saving mechanisms get turned on in those 16 hours because after, after three days of that, those increased stem cell genes get turned on because our ancestors had to have a way of surviving between when they could find food. Uh, So that was a stress. But aside from them, the, the the only other stresses they had besides finding food and fighting off saber tooth tigers was the weather. There was nothing else for them. So they lived in a state that we call parasympathetic dominance. There's two immune systems we have, a sympathetic and a parasympathetic. And the parasympathetic is the one when you're really relaxed, you know, you've gone for a two-hour walk in the woods, or you've been hanging out at the beach, and not a lot of thoughts on your mind, just kind of daydreaming for a while. Your heart rate is slow, your breaths are slow and deep, your pulse is slow, your muscles are relaxed, your brain is wide open, ethereal, thinking big thoughts, That's the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system, the fight, flight, or fright nervous system, your heart's going really fast, your pulse is faster, your breathing is shorter, like that, and I'm exaggerating, but lots of blood going to your muscles, they're tight and ready to explode to protect you. That's the sympathetic nervous system. And a nice way of thinking of what's the difference in terms of those two nervous systems in your body, is if you think of your car. Most of us have driven stick shift, manual transmission cars. And so if you're driving down the highway in fifth gear at 55 or 60 miles an hour, you're just cruising along. What happens if you were to push the clutch in and shift down to third gear and do 55 miles an hour? 
Your transmission is screaming. <clears throat> and your RPMs, the revolutions per minute in the engine, are going much, much faster. You're burning more fuel. And that's what happens when you're in sympathetic overdrive. You're in third gear doing 55 instead of fifth gear cruising. So the way we live our lives today is in sympathetic overdrive. We're under constant stress. We don't have deep breathing. We don't have relaxed pulses. Our muscles are tight. We can't remember the last time we were daydreaming. And we're burning more fuel all the time. So if you were living a parasympathetic dominant lifestyle, the nutrients that you get from the food you eat would be plenty, as long as it's organic food, it would be plenty to take care of all of your needs. But you're not. You're living in a sympathetic dominant lifestyle, third gear on the highway of life at 55, and your transmission is screaming. You need more nutrients. And when you don't have enough nutrients, you get nutrient depletion. What's an example of nutrient depletion? Right now, the only way that the virus can get inside your cell and shed, meaning make more viruses, is if there's not enough zinc inside the cell. Zinc inhibits that whole mechanism of viral replication from occurring. And if you don't have enough zinc because you haven't been eating zinc-rich foods, and you don't take any zinc supplements, so your immune system is zinc depleted, the virus takes over and the virus can run its course and you get a lot more virus, a lot more virus, a lot more viral shedding, and here come all your symptoms. If you were living in parasympathetic dominance, you got all the nutrients you need from eating organic food. If you're not eating organic food and you admit, yeah, I'm really living in sympathetic dominance, you need supplements to shift you into fourth gear at least so that you've got enough fuel to get you to where you want to go. Yes, that's a great point. And I also like to remind people that the amount of toxins we're exposed to really uses up our nutritional resources because they require nutrients in order to be processed and discarded. And so with 85,000 new chemicals introduced into the environment since 1950, we're really inundated with these and our nutrient resources are outstripped so that we have a current similar to the current situation where we're really caught with our pants down and our zinc down and our D vitamin D down and then we become highly susceptible. And I really think that's one of the reasons why we are having the level of severe illness is because well, one, we didn't have herd immunity, but two, because we are in a nutrient depleted state in that sympathetic dominant state. You're absolutely right, Dr. Dunstan. That is, and that's why we have so much degenerative disease is because all of the toxins that we're exposed to, like no human before in history has ever been exposed to all this stuff and we're nutrient depleted, so our detox pathways don't work very well. I'll give you one example. Methylation in the gut takes care of bisphenol A, one of those phthalates, like in, from plastic water bottles. But if you are B vitamin depleted, you don't methylate very well, so the bisphenol A doesn't get broken down and escorted out in the stool, and it accumulates in your body. And that's because of nutrient insufficiencies and nutrient deficiencies. So when you're nutrient depleted, your detox pathways don't work, these chemicals accumulate in your body, and you got inflammation going on in your brain and all, many of your other tissues, and wherever your genetic weak link is, that's where you go down. Yes, and there's so much more in the book. You can fix your brain. You also have the autoimmune fix, and I'm going to put also a link to the Betrayal docuseries in the show notes so that people can look at all of these resources and figure out how to make changes in their life so that they don't suffer from a leaky brain and have the symptoms of that. And I'm just curious, I, I don't know that any any of us has the answer, but what do you think it will take for our medical system to change the approach to disease that we currently take in the mainstream? I don't think the medical system will change. I think there'll always be doctors who come over from the dark side 
into the light. <laughs> All of our coursework at the Institute for Functional Medicine, they always sell out. Uh, the doctors are coming from all over the world because they realize there's more to medicine than this. But And we have we always invite the deans of medicine from medical schools and naturopathic schools and osteopathic schools and chiropractic schools as our guests for our premier course, our five-day course. And they all say the same thing. So, my God, this is true medicine. This is not alternative medicine. This is true medicine, healthcare. This is true healthcare, but it'll take us 15 years to implement this. And we know that, you know, we were startled at first, but they all say the same thing because the dean of medicine has to go back to Harvard and tell the dean of gastroenterology that what he's doing is all wrong. And But the dean of gastroenterology is one of the top people in the world in gastroenterology, and he's not gonna change because he's the dean of gastroenterology at Harvard or the dean of dermatology at Stanford. You know, and they hire the teachers and they decide what textbooks to use and what coursework is done. So it's a trickle up effect that we have to take the young docs coming out and we've been doing this now for over 20 years, so it's starting to happen. And some of the coursework is starting to change. Some of the textbooks are starting to update to talk more about a big picture and not just about getting rid of the symptoms, but it's a long, long process for medicine to change. And it's so profitable for medicine. And you know, medicine is an industry. And uh, uh, there's gonna be lots of changes now because of the quarantine that's occurred over the last number of months. And we'll see many studies coming out. Less people are dying from cancer. Less people are dying from heart disease. And it's gonna be startling to see what happens when there wasn't as much medical care available, what some of the long-term results are to this. The subtitle to my book, I think I've got the answer. I really do. I don't mean to be arrogant about this. Well, how could this one guy have the answer? This is the answer, is that every one of us have to realize just one hour a week and to have patience with yourself and not expect you're going to see changes overnight, but every week you change one thing. And in six months to a year, you've got this. And the whole world is saying, what happened to you? You know, people that haven't seen you in church for a while and say, oh, I haven't seen you in months. You look so different. You look so much younger. You look so healthy. Well, I am healthy. And see, so, yeah, I've been doing all these little things, but I've just taken one step at a time as opposed to trying to make major changes and expect to see great results in a week or two weeks. Be patient, everyone. Be kind to yourself. Don't expect miracles overnight, but just get the crap out of your life one thing at a time. And what you'll find in six months or a year, you'll come across this interview in your notes somewhere, and you just smile and say, you know, that's really helped just changing my demands on myself to get it all done now. I want to get rid of my depression today. And we all do, and there's nothing wrong with that, but just be patient when you're with yourself and know it's one step at a time. You know, this is the last thing. When I sign books, I always sign them the same way. You know, in the game of baseball, everybody thinks a home run is the coup de grace. But that's not how you win ball games. Base hits win the ball games. Sign every book, base hits win the ball game. Because if you just do the little baby steps every day or once a week, but when you say, okay, that's then every day you're using glass storage containers, right? So it becomes an everyday habit because you set it up for yourself. And then next week, the everyday habit is the nail polish you're using is organic and phthalate-free because you found some stuff that you like. But it took you an hour online to find the stuff. So be kind to yourself. Be patient with yourself and expect results in six months to a year, and you will win your ball game. I love that. Base hits win the ball game. And I just want to ask you a few other things, Dr. Tom, before we go. What is your personal number one health practice that you cannot do without? Operating with, I'm doing my best every day, 
base hits win the ball game. I love that. And what is your superpower besides being an awesome teacher, unless that's it? No, that is it. <laughs> that is it. I believe my God-given gift and why I'm here is to take these really difficult, overwhelming concepts and put them together in a way that many more people can embrace and apply. That's the goal here. And the moniker of our website, the dr.com, our website's thedoctor.com. Just don't spell the word doctor out. And when you go there, you see our moniker is making it easy to do the right thing. That's what we're trying to do here. Yes, well, you do a wonderful job of, yes, making complex concepts and information very relatable and down to earth for everybody. And the last thing I'll ask you is the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Revolution. It is truly a revolution. What does Her Brilliant Health mean to you? The only way you get a revolution is by being patient with yourself. There has to be a paradigm shift. Revolution means you've changed the way you're thinking. You don't want to do what society's doing anymore. And the only way you change your thinking is called a paradigm shift. You change what your base operating principles are. And the way to do that is one step at a time. Base hits win the ballgame. Base hits win the ballgame. Thank you so much, Dr. Tom O'Brien, for joining us today. Thank you for sharing this information, your books, the docuseries, and your website, thedr.com. We will put all of the links in the show notes. Are there any last words you'd like to leave everyone with? Godspeed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.